Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, hello. Hello. So here we are. Yep, here we are. In it together, right? Yep. So the first thing I want to do is I want to give a big shout out to QMP Records mm-hmm. and Abner in particular. They're the fella, ones, fella. Yeah, they're the ones that did the intro and the outro, the music. And it's it's great. I think I love it. Yeah, it, get, it just gets me in the mood to want to talk. Yeah. You know, like, I, let's I know. just have a good time. Yeah, especially me, because I, I don't want to talk most of the time. <laughs> I know. How did you... Uh, How'd you rope me into this whole yes, mess? I, I still don't know. I'm still kind of scratching my head trying to figure worry that about one it. out. Um, don't waste your time. You'll just drive yourself crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you've, you've done a great job of driving me crazy for the last 17 years. So Yeah. Why well, uh, why I drive even, yourself crazy, you know? I, exactly. <laughs> when you when I have you. Exactly. You know, you see? So, You're welcome. <laughs> so... Um, so in it together, let's talk a little bit about what this is about. Well, in it together, I think it, it, it fits on, on a couple different levels. One being we've been in it together, as you mentioned, for 17 years. So our trials and tribulations as individuals and as couples, we've literally been in it together. And there's nothing we don't do without each other. I mean, we have our interests and we do things, but on certain things, we're pretty much solid. And the other part is, is that, you know, we as a as a nation, you know, country, whatever you want to call it, we're all in this race yeah, like together exactly to the earth. Yeah. Right? To we're find all humans and we all have the same struggles. Exactly. Find the best version of yourself. Heal from your past traumas. Whatever life we all have left to live, you know, tomorrow's not promised just to find your own happiness. And we're all all ultimately living for the same goal. So we're in it together. And I yeah. think it's just perfectly fitting. And, you know, in the case of us in particular, we're also parents. And we want to leave a better world for yeah, our kids, right? Exactly. And you can't do that alone. One person, they say, oh, well, my one thing can't change this world. You're right. Your one thing isn't going to change this world. But if everybody does one thing better for themselves, you can change the world. Yeah, absolutely. You can't um, you can't discount that enough. Exactly. You know, that's... that's. So uh, we, what do you think our listeners can expect from us? Well... They can expect that I'm Bubbly Betty over here. But beyond that, you know. And I'm like Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, you're Oscar. I'm Bubbly Betty over here. It really comes down to just authenticity. You know, we are who we are. They can expect that we're going to be honest with them. If we don't know the answer to something, we'll find it. They can expect that, you know, we're going to candidly share our lives and the things we've been through. Meanwhile, providing space, a safe place for people to share their stories, to seek advice and to feel validated. And, you know, on top of that, the cherry is that we want people to come on as guests. We want to hear from you. We want to be here to support you. We want to start that movement, which is already kind of moving along. And also... So I get to interview other people other than you? Yeah. How do they feel about that? Honestly, I don't think it's more about interviewing as it is about like, talk to me about your story. Like, what makes you you? And then we'll have a healthy conversation. No, I welcome that. I think I think it'd be great to have different perspectives. I know we have these conversations all the time, and that's kind of where this came well, about, right? That we, uh, yeah. we wanted to share our conversations. Yeah, um, and also, you know, I think that there's a huge lack of compassion and empathy in this world. And not everybody has healthy people to talk to. You know, most people that are suffering or in uh, bad positions and relationships are surrounded by people that are keeping them down. So it's so important for self-growth to just find people that are, are, are heading towards where you need to get 
and, and hitch on. And I think that that's important. So as a listener, like I'm going to put myself in the shoes of our listeners right now. Like, why would you even do that? Why? Yeah. Why, why not? Why not? Why not? If I have worked so hard to get to a point where I now have better self-esteem, I now can work through some of my traumas. Why not share that so that people can just feel a little bit better? This world is all about me, 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 and everybody wants their own little secrets to the success for themselves. And I'm just not about that. And I don't want to say I'm proud of myself because there's nothing to be proud of. But I used to be a very selfish person and not because I wanted to be hurtful, but because a lot of my needs weren't met growing up. So I tried to meet them and make sure they were met. It's time I give back. And, and that's that's why. Why not? I'm really in awe because I know, like I said, we've been together for 17 years. And stop uh, reminding me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and we've we've been through a lot together. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of growth in you, you know, from the from when we met all the way up to last couple days. There's been huge amounts of growth. Yeah, I think a lot. I, I feel like the last five days have been like <sighs> mind blowing for me. It, and it's it's really is awe inspiring for me to see the, the amount of growth. Like you said, you used to be a very selfish person. And I know that that is very hard. It was it was hard for you to be able to just, you know, share secrets because you were the, that type of person that you found yeah. something and you were like oh i don't want to share this keep this in myself yeah exactly so it's it's huge to hear you now you know want to share these your story and want to share the the things you've learned mm -hmm. for the betterment of other people i think that's great I, I wonder where you got that from well surprise that's how i roped you in you know i know you're not one for big congratulatory things and you don't like pats on the back but i probably and most likely 99.9 percent .9 sure i would not be where i am today if i didn't have your guidance and the things that you learned because you'd been through a lot before i had even been through it myself so i think well, it's only important for you to to be part of this and to, to ask questions and to also see that everything you put in me over the years like what it's manifested itself into. First of all, thank you for that. I, that's really, you're welcome, and that's, that's as really gushy nice as we're to gonna get, guys, because that's that's just it. Okay. <laughs> well, it it was nice to hear. It was nice to hear that. It's nice to be appreciated, no matter who you are. And I'm mm -hmm. not, you know, you know me. I'm not really. I could care less about appreciation as much as I. I just want. Um, you to be better. I want the people around me to be better. And, and you want to be better. Yeah, and I want to be better. Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, in terms of selfishness too, I'm not, I'm not big on if, <laughs> I hate to say this, but if you're not like in my nucleus, I really don't have a lot to, to offer. Yeah, but you know, I think that that's important and we, we should get to that at some point. You know, you have different boundaries than I do. Yeah, we'll definitely probably touch on, on you know, healthy boundaries, unhealthy boundaries. Exactly. Putting up walls because I did that for a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, but talk to our listeners about like your professional career, you know, because a lot of a lot of people are going to say, you know, why why am I going to listen to this lady? Yeah. Um. So talk a little bit. Yeah, know? exactly. So talk well, a little bit about like, what you did. You know, I twelve years I worked in the clinical field. You know, many facets of 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 clinical work, intensive based in home family support and therapeutic services. I did foster care. I worked child protective services. So I feel like I have a very well rounded perspective on human growth and development, mental health, addiction, and things like that. I've seen it from all different angles, if you will. And I also, you know, I studied it in school. It was my thing. I, I went and got two degrees in it and I really excelled in it. It was something that was so natural to me. And I 
joy but helping people. But you ultimately people. left that field. I did. I so, did leave that field. Yeah, you. Uh, well, I, I left. I left. I'm still. I'm. I'm back in the field on my own terms. But I did leave the field under other people's terms. So you're right about that. Yeah, because right after the birth of our daughter. You, you you made the decision, the conscious decision to leave. You yeah, know, I made a phone for, call. I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm not coming back. for the state Peace. At, that, at that point. <laughs> but yeah, talk to the listeners a little bit about why, what made you make that decision. Well, it, it's, multi, it's multi-layered, okay? The, the first thing is, is that I realized halfway through my career that you cannot help anybody that doesn't want to help themselves. And I found myself being assigned to many families and working with many families that just wanted me to fix their problems for them. They didn't want to have to put the work in. Nothing wrong with any of those families at all. You have to be in a place to say, I'm ready. I'm ready to work on this and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And if you're not there, you're not there. You can get there, but you have to want it. And so that slowly started to wear on me. You know, I'm doing more and more and more, and I'm seeing less and less and less. And I had the skills. I just needed to find the people that wanted the help. I ended up being my first client that actually wanted the help, pretty much, right? I have our daughter. At this point, we already have our son. He's like four, four and a half, and he's in, you know, private daycare or whatever, because I was petrified of regular daycares. But that's another story. So we ha- I have the baby, and I have postpartum depression. I go back to work. And my panic attacks are kicking in. And it's just one thing after another. And I literally called you on the phone and I says, I can't do this anymore. I'm walking away from this. And you were like, um, okay, just have a plan in place, I guess. And uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that was. And that was. Was what? that a good summation? Because I, I, I struggle with that. No, that was excellent. But that was what, like nine years ago? I'm sorry. How old's our daughter? Oh, six. Okay, so it was probably six years ago. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm I'm not very good with math. Obviously, <laughs> you dealt with these families, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the reason why you went into the field you went into was because of past trauma. My own family, my um, own trauma. So yeah, so share a little bit of a little bit about. Well, that. you know, I grew up in a uh, broken home. My mother, my biological father, they weren't together. I had a stepfather. What can I say? My mother was an addict in and out of rehab, going missing all the time. And I started to have to, you know, take on the responsibilities in the home. And it's just lots of neglect, lots of, you know, emotional and psychological neglect. So, I mean, someday we can get more into that. But things, you know, got worse as I became a teenager. And I spent a lot of time just focusing on my education. And, you know, I had what you would refer to as high function anxiety. Like no one would have ever thought that person's got anxiety because I had straight A's. I could go to any college I wanted to. I pushed myself. And I really valued myself based upon my grades, okay? I was no good if I didn't get an A+. If it wasn't, uh, you know, an extra three or five points after that 100, I was no good. That was my only value because I didn't get it anywhere else. You know, so I had all those things going on. And then, you know, when I was 19, my mother passed away. I found her dead. She she overdosed from drugs. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much the beginning of where I was going to go with my yeah, life. That's a that's a huge traumatic experience for anyone. So, yeah. Um, and we'll definitely. Get I think into there's going to be a day where we can talk about that. that. Yeah. yeah, that and because there's a lot of uh, addiction struggles in your family, as as are mm-hmm. in mine. Yeah, but you also your brother. Yeah, passed that's, away. You know, yeah, that's that's a really tough blow. Um, but crazily, I'm not getting that huge lump in my throat today. Yeah, you know, I've been really working on the healing part of this. But he overdosed. You know, heroin took his life. He was what 33. Um, so, so we, we it's won't been get tough. In, yeah, no, it, it we'll, is. We'll, we'll we leave that for into, another day. Absolutely. There's a lot of there's a lot of different traumas mm-hmm. there that we definitely want to 
yeah. highlight and give Unwrap. them yeah, yeah, absolutely. the attention that they need one by one. Exactly. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna table that a little bit, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't wanna gloss over it. We're not we're not doing that, but these are these are conversations we've had and we wanna make sure that we we give it enough time. I think we could devote a whole episode oh my God, yeah. to like certain traumas. We wanna kind of well, um, make sure what? that we, we touch on each of them individually Plus, and really, really get into them. Yeah. Plus, I think by doing that, you just kind of triggered my thought process. We can show our listeners who may have gone through some traumatic experiences how to really process a traumatic event because, you know, healing's kind of messy and nobody, you don't really know how to do it. And, and although I'm just kind of figuring this out myself, I think you're right. I think we should definitely take some time to look at them. Yeah, I think we definitely should give every our listeners just morsels, basically, at this point, right? Yeah, just so that they can have a generalized understanding Idea, of who exactly. are these people and why the hell should I even listen to Courtney? So let's just fast forward now to, what, 2020, oh, right? God. The lovely 2020 that we're living in. Yeah. So let's fast forward down to there. I, I know a lot of our listeners are probably going to come from either the village or from TikTok, TikTok yep. um, or, you know, I know you started an Instagram just I recently. Did. So we're probably going to get all, most of our listeners from, from there, hopefully. But if you didn't come from one of these, you know, you just kind of stumbled upon us, yeah. then just talk a little bit about like why you started that and, you know, what led to this? Oh, well... You know, so back in March when this whole pandemic hit, I was like, man, I got all these skills that I'm working on right now. And, you know, I was a social worker for so long. There's going to be families who need help. I can do something about it. And so I said, you know, what if I start a Facebook group and I'll start just putting some stuff in it and, you know, I'll see if, the, if, if I could help families. And, you know what? It worked out. You know, so a couple thousand people joined and I started helping families again. So oddly enough, I kind of hopped back into therapy and social work a little bit there. And it kind of just started with that. You know, the last six months, I've really just been kind of helping to guide families. And then a month ago, now, mind you, I've, I've had TikTok signed up for the account for a while and I was just there for the entertainment. But a month ago, I say to myself, I'll make a video, just make a video and see what happens. And I just did some videos about what I was experiencing and going through. And I was just me and people started to like me and stuff. And so Kind of just started to take off from there. It more than take off, right? You well, like, yeah. You you went from like two followers to over I had 10, like I had like twenty two followers, and I and that was cool. I was like that. Whoa, I'm viral now, honey. Remember <laughs> yeah, those? I remember that. And then in th the last three weeks, I'm almost at twelve k now. It's just gone so. And and it, you know, to some of the million people that have millions of people on their account, I mean, still twelve thousand people follow me. And it's it's crazy. Would it be crazy to say that for the most part, I I know so many of them. I I, I just knowing I connect you, I, to I people can, so easily. Yeah, knowing you, I know that you probably know everybody by name. I do. But wasn't what was your biggest? The biggest one was the narcissism one. Right? Oh my god! So I did this. I think it was like eight second video, and I said, "Pay very close attention to you know X, Y, and Z or whatever." And it was about narcissism, and it just it blew up. So let's talk about that. Should that be our first topic? Why not? Because a lot of the people that follow me on TikTok are in or have been in or grew up in some form of a narcissistic relationship or household. And it was funny because it was like, you know, I don't know. It just it was crazy how yeah, it, just I think happened. it just it struck a nerve with a lot of people. Well, good, good and bad because you got a lot yeah, of heat. It was something from... like pay very, very close attention to what a narcissist accuses you of because it's the closest thing you'll come to a confession. And it was like, boom. 
Yeah, it's funny because we've been we the last couple of days we've been discussing like narcissism. We have, you know, just touching on like rec- just recognizing mm-hmm. you know people that are narcissistic are, are around us. That's the tough part, right? Because most people say, "Man, if I only knew," or the or the or the red flags were there. I know. So, what what is the clinical definition of a narcissist? Well, I'm not going to give the clinical de- definition, but a narcissist is someone that lacks empathy. For others, typically they have extremely low self-esteem and find their value by breaking down other people. You know, they find the traits in themselves that they're lacking and they almost like a parasitic relationship suck those very things from the core of who you are to fulfill themselves. And typically narcissism, not in all cases, but is developed in childhood. I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell you know it's funny because it's like i don't want to get political but that sounds very very much like someone we know yeah but yeah those are that's that's some of the things that that, that you'll see in a narcissist you know i, I think one of the things people are going to say is like well, well how do i spot one you know they're not going to be walking around with a bullseye on them that says hey i'm a narcissist stay the hell away from me if you're just getting to know this person and it's like way too good to be true it is like if they if, if you're around them, let's say you go out to a bar, right? And they, they got their friends and you're seeing that there's so many people around them, yet they don't really have these deep relationships. Everybody admires them. That's a red flag. Narcissists don't really give a shit if you like them or love them. They want to be admired. They want to have followers. They want to have people that look up to them. So that's something that you can look for. The other thing is, is they don't handle criticism. So if you're seeing, look, this person is already got a red flag. I don't want to say that this is the right thing to do, but see how they respond to criticism. Narcissists do not respond to criticism or being embarrassed at all. It is their two little things within them that can break them. Okay. That's really interesting. And I think, we, you know, the more you talk about narcissism, the more we, I can see the parallels Mm -hmm. with, with people that we know. Absolutely. Um, We, and we, we like a couple days ago, I think you we kind of put two and two together. Yeah, we um, did. I, I with, think I kind of sat down and was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that was kind of like. What did I say? You said, you know, my mother was a, is a classic narcissist. Your mom, yeah. Yeah, my mom. And I, I agreed with you wholeheartedly because I was like, yeah, if, if you, once you give me the definition, it's like, man. Mm-hmm. And the things that really, really kind of, you know, hit home for me is when you said that they they live vicariously they try to live vicariously mm-hmm. through you well we're talking about narcissistic parents yeah now. that's a whole other episode yeah. but what i said was is that when there are children they pick favorites and they find the child that they can vicariously live through that's gonna what make them look the best and you were like oh my god yeah that was crazy it was crazy to hear that because it was like there was a, something else that you said too about like you know they they always have a preference and with with a child yes yes not to not to go off track but this is you know when you said that it was just like wow the one thing that my mother said to me one time it stuck to me actually she said this recently to me now that i think about it right because we i I only have one sibling i I have a a younger brother unfortunately you know we're not we just we're not very close right um and we have kind of a, a strained relationship at the moment there was some dealings that uh, it was just a bad situation, so yeah. we don't we're not we're not on on, on speaking well, guys, terms at the it's moment. Very simple, you don't need to get into it. You had a fallen out. Yeah, exactly. So, but I was talking to my mother about the situation, and what she said to me was just so striking. Was was she says, "Oh, you should forgive your brother, you know, for for what he did, blah blah blah." And don't forget that the reason I had him 
was because you wanted a brother. Oh my God, classic! Yeah, it was. It was she just said that she said that to me, and it's not. That's not the first. You didn't time. tell me that. She, you yeah, said that to me when f- you were when she was little. She had said that. Oh, you wanted a brother, but I didn't know she said that this past. Yeah, time. she she said that just recently. Within well, it was yeah, like she was a, thrown was in your face. Year. You can do this for me because I did that for you. Classic yeah, narcissistic kinda, yeah. trait. So it was like you know it was. It's been a year since I really spoke to my mother, and it's been a, over a year since I spoke to my brother. So it's been you know like I said, it's been a kind of a tough situation. Situation, but it's recognizing that, right? It's like the, she's so classic narcissism. Mm-hmm. Even now, it just kind of turns my stomach. You know that she has this mentality. It, it is what it is. It's just, I, I don't. I don't. I don't I, try to understand it. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah, but exactly. things are going to slowly start making sense to you. Because it's like I could never say that about any of my children. You know, it's like I love each and in yeah. each of my children individually. Like the relationships are different. Well, here's each, the thing. Each relationship is different, but I still love them the same. You're not a narcissist. You know how to love. Okay. Narcissist, I don't care what anybody says. This is coming from professional studies. This is coming from seeing it, you know, myself. Narcissists don't love the way that we love. You know, narcissists only show, I want to say, I don't want to say attention, but they only give attention in what you would think to be admiration or love to things and objects because everybody's an object that make them look better, you know? So if it's something that's going to make them look better, they're going to dote over whatever that is. So if you've had accomplishments as a young child or whatnot, that narcissist is going to take those accomplishments as if they accomplished it. My child got an honors and my child did that. Therefore, I'm amazing. I'm the greatest parent. I did that. That's right. That's me. It's not love. You know, you love your children. You love them equally. Your mother doesn't have the capacity to love like that. You know, that's why she'll do anything for you when you call. You need anything? Yes, but it always comes with, well, I did that for you. It's all, it's their way of having control in your life whenever they do something for you. And that's, you know, primarily how they function. Yeah, and I've known that for a while. I think we've had, we've had that those conversations. We have, but we've never referred to her as a narcissist. Exactly. It was we've, only like three days ago. Exactly. We never found the 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 classic. You know, we didn't put the label on. No. Um, but we've known this. You know, I've known this about my mother for for you mm-hmm. know for years now. And, I, and she I, does not handle and like one of the like no, I said. How do you identify? Very, no, doesn't handle criticism. No, so if if you if if you start to see because you had asked me, you know, how do you identify them if you're having a conversation you're just meeting someone and they can't even take the simplest of constructive feedback yet alone criticism that's one thing you know constantly seeking admiration from other people is another thing and really these grandiose ideas about how amazing they are and their outlook on life and what they're going to accomplish if it seems like this is too good to be true you need to back away you really do, because those are key indicators that even if that person wasn't narcissistic, that person's going to end up acting like an a-hole. Really. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like I, there's certain things that that absolutely, you know, she falls into the categories. Uh, there's certain things that, you know, if, if I think about them enough, then I can I can see where the parallels are. You know, she's not like I, w- I want to say she's grandiose in her thinking because she's a very religious person. You know, she grew mm-hmm. up very religious and she's gotten as, as she's gotten older, she's gotten even more religious. I'm um, not so much when she was younger, but most recently it's it's just everything. And, and it's not so much like she doesn't aggrandiate herself. It's like, you know, she always kind of says, oh, it, it's it's God working through her. So mm-hmm. it, it is in, well, a, in, in a, a way. In, exactly. It, it's absolutely in a way, because yeah. in a sense, even though she's not giving herself the credit, God you know, 
chose me. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. So, and we're not going to get into religion because that's no. a whole other. And we're we're going to be keeping. We talk, yeah, we're we going to be keeping about. this podcast. You know, for the most part, religion and. Impl- well, we, we like we you talked about. We want to do self help, and that's that's part of it. You know, yeah. we're very spiritual people. We don't believe in in. in we're we not religious any, people, but not, exactly. you know, whatever works for you and for a- your family. Exactly. That's all. We just exactly. you know we don't preach on here. So getting back to the narcissist, kind of talk about identifying narcissism. Yeah. Like, how do you identify within yourself? How do you how how would a See, narcissist like can a is a narcissist capable of seeing themselves as a narcissist? You know how how do you effectively start to change? Well, here's the thing, and there's a lot of controversy out there about this. Now, some studies say that one of the key attributes is that a narcissist lacks self awareness. Now, I beg to differ from everything that I've seen and everything that I've learned, right? If a narcissist lacks self-awareness, why are they the masters of first impressions? Why is it that they're so likable? Why is it they know how to behave in groups of people? They really know how to set themselves up so everybody thinks they're giving and kind and amazing. They know damn well. They're very self-aware of their actions. I don't necessarily think that they can say, I'm a narcissist. They switch it around. To them, being called a narcissist is a compliment. Damn right, I'm arrogant. Yeah, because I'm amazing. I have a right to act this way because when you're as great as I am, when you accomplish the things that I accomplish, then you can act this way. So to them being called a narcissist, they switch it around to fit their narrative so that they can feel amazing. I'm going to leave you with this. The only way a narcissist will change or get help is if it somehow contributes and helps them fit whatever goal that they are trying to achieve. So if it's going to help them achieve a goal, they will do it. For example, if a narcissist needs a place to live, A narcissist is going to do whatever they can to infiltrate themselves into that other person's life to get into that home. And if that means that they need to go to therapy to work on the issue so that so-and-so, their fuel, will take them back to the house, they will do it because it, what, contributes to their ultimate goal. They're very selfish in the things that they do. In terms of can a narcissist be a recovering narcissist? I have yet to see it. Now, I wonder if self-esteem plays a big role in that because it does. You know, as you as you're telling me this, right? I'm wondering if are narcissists egoists or do they have low self-esteem? Okay. So, one of the things that we see when we study narcissism is that narcissism is generally, I don't want to say created, but cultivated in childhood. So when we we go back, and there's been some narcissistic studies that have been done, clear-cut people who are narcissists, they've been interviewed by psychologists, and what they find is that there is a huge correlation with abuse in the home and neglect, okay? So if you're, and, and now I was in an abused home and in, in in, in neglected, and I didn't turn out to be a narcissist. So people are gonna say, oh, that, that's not the case. We all have different personalities and we all have different traits in us. Just like some person can pick up cocaine one day and be fine, whereas someone else can pick it up and all of a sudden they're addicted. I do believe that there's some biological components and factors there. But narcissism is cultivated in childhood. And one of the other things that they find is that narcissists have severe underlying issues of self-esteem, self-worth, and shame. Those are the three things that psychologists find. So you're 100% right when you say that there's self-esteem issues. Yeah, because I was going to say, because I, you know, I come from also the same thing, right? I have a a background with uh, a lot of emotional, physical Mm -hmm. abuse, you know, growing up. And, And I have a healthy ego. So I wonder. Very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder, you know, because I, I, I guess 
you could easily misconstrue or you could say I have narcissistic traits maybe, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily a narcissist. So just so we don't confuse people, you know, because it's, you know, people get labeled all the time, you know. Yeah. So what we don't want to do is make sure that, you know, all of a sudden everyone's a narcissist. I think that some people and I do believe that potentially you could fit the criteria if it's looked at from a certain perspective, have traits of a narcissist, but not the underlying component of a true NPD or narcissistic personality disorder. And those are the people that can easily be worked through those things. Uh, in terms of like me in particular, right? I I, I don't create bonds. Like I, that's my big issue, right? I, I, I build walls a lot when I was younger. And, you know, now the connections I have are very, very very, uh, very little connection yeah, you and my kids, really, you know, but I'd do anything for you guys. But I, I think that was more of, I wouldn't say like a narcissistic trait as it is of some form of sabotage so that you don't get hurt. It's a little different, I think. Yeah, I guess, you know, I'm, and I'm just trying to play devil's advocate, I guess. And no, trying that's to, healthy. Trying to take a, a, a good look at myself and, and say, you know, where someone could see someone else and then potentially label them an, uh, as a narcissist where they're really not. Yeah. Where they're just maybe an asshole sometimes. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm sorry, but let's speak the truth. I mean. No, absolutely. I can be I can be a, a, a handful at times. I, I do think that, you know, you could easily say, you know, you have disregard for others' feelings. But I mean, that's across the board. We're talking. You have regard for my feelings. You have regard for your children's feelings. Right. Narcissists don't even have that. Narcissists even lack that with their own children. So although it might be somewhat of a trait and look identical, I think it manifests differently. And when you're a narcissist, you're going to see that across the board. The fake relationships outside the home don't count. But in terms of empathy, they don't have that for anybody, whether you're in the home or out of the home. It's all very superficial. And you're not like that. You may have walls, but there's a deepness to you. There's, there's, there's a lot of good, kind, loving stuff underneath. And you are very secure in who you are. And you don't take from other people so that you can feel good about yourself. That's one of the key attributes of a narcissist. Yeah, I think that's So the I think we know you're there. not a narcissist. Yeah, I think that's the key there. That's that's important to note, especially if you're looking at your partner right now and saying, "Hey, I, I think you might be a narcissist." Or I guarantee there's going to be someone right now in work freaking out, driving or driving home in their car being like, "Oh shit, I knew it. I knew they were a narcissist." But really take a step back cuz I'm going to tell you if your significant other can show empathy towards you. And it doesn't have to be the way that you think, but can say, yeah, you're right. I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from or anything. That's not, that's not narcissism. A lot of people can just be assholes and lack social skills. And therefore, they don't know how to engage with you in the way that's healthy. And again, whole other podcast because we can talk about that. Yeah, that's good information. No, I want to, you know, if we're talking about narcissism, we should really just, you know, kind of unwrap it in, yeah. in, in, as much as we can, you know? Yeah, well, um, I, I also want to make sure that if we do touch upon something like especially narcissistic parents, that we really get into that in another episode because that's that's good stuff. Well, there's no reason we can't get into it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, anyways, you're supposed to be asking me questions. You continue. Sorry for interrupting. Kind of went off on your own there a little bit. In a good direction? Yeah, absolutely in a Fantastic. good direction. Fantastic. I'm, I'm just kind of, like that. I said, I'm just kind of. I need something good to look at too. Yeah. You, know? you, <laughs> so. you threw a lot of information. I'm just kind of processing it as, as we're speaking, right? No, I think, I think um, that that's important. You know, I yeah. think that's important to do. And I think the more we, we, we talk and we have these conversations, if anything, I want this to give our listeners the ability to ask more questions in their own personal life. Talk a little bit about like being in a relationship with a narcissist. Okay. 
Because a lot of people, you know, you know what's going to happen. Like I said, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. You know, what's going to happen is we're as we're speaking and people are taking in all this information, mm -hmm. they're going to make these, you know, determinations. Yeah, they're, they're going to deduce from it that, oh, OK, exactly. That maybe this is maybe, you know, my husband, my wife is a narcissist or yeah, anybody. And so how do you deal with that? How do you you know, how do you um, see this is a multi layered question? And I get this. I mean, when I tell you that I have 400 messages in my inbox every day and on TikTok, I, I mean, every day and it's the same thing. Not no one particular narcissist is the same. OK. They have similar traits. They all pretty much do the same thing and you can call them out. They abuse their victims differently because they know what their triggers are, okay? So if you're in a relationship, there's physically, there's covert narcissists. Those are like great actors. A covert narcissist is someone that is literally acting it so well that you're like, oh my God, like completely two different people, okay? There's narcissists who take it to the level of physical abuse, you know, become physically violent, almost try to kill their spouse. So it depends on what type of narcissist you're dealing with. And I think that opens up another door to like, how do I know what type of narcissist that I'm dealing with here? And the reality is, is that the one thing that you can take away is that narcissists need fuel. And a lot of people don't understand that. Okay. To you, you're a gas, to a narcissist, you're a gas station. A narcissist is a vehicle. You're a gas station. You're an object. They come to you when they need something. So if they need something and they know they're not going to get it from you, they're going to show you adoration. They're going to show you love. They're going to do certain things for you. And then what are you going to do in return? You're going to give them what they want. And then all of a sudden they're done with you. They give you the silent treatment. They want nothing to do with you. They start gaslighting you. They need to abuse you again. They need to put you into a lower position because you just gave them what they wanted. So you're kind of in a position of power. They need to knock you down again. Okay. That's why it's a cycle over and over and over. They need to be in that position. So the one thing that you can take away from this is that the more fuel you give a narcissist, the longer they're going to stick around. When you are no longer useful to them, they will find another fueling station, another relationship. Most of the time you're going to find that in sexual relationships. They need to find their way into someone else a lot quicker. So if you're in a relationship with someone who is a narcissist, you need to be savvy and you need to figure out how can I stop giving them the fuel? They will find me kind of useless. As bad as that sounds, the second that they can see anything from you, they're going to take it from you. And that is why it's so hard to get out of a relationship with a narcissist because it's a cycle. It really is. And you have to be two steps ahead to figure out how do I break the cycle? So ask me more questions because I know I just gave you a lot. No, well, I think it's important to say to our listeners that you can't change anyone. No. Because I know, you know, if you're listening and you find yourself in a relationship with a narcissist or someone that you suspect being a narcissist, instinctually, I think as humans, we, we want to change people, you know? Especially, we want to be helpers. Exactly. If we're in a really, especially if we're in a long-term relationship, we want to be able to, you know, continue in this long-term relationship, whether it's good or bad sometimes. And then you want to change that person or you're hoping that person is going to change. So I guess the important thing here is you know, what you're saying is, you know, if you find yourself mm -hmm. in a relationship with a narcissist, understand that it's, you know, like you said, you're just, just fuel for their, your, their yeah. narcissism. Exactly. And That's all that you are. There, There's nothing else there. There's Yeah. You have to value yourself as an individual right. and want to, you know, seek seek help and it's tough because narcissists are controlling okay most narcissists you know and again 
generalizing here, even females, men are not only narcissists. I want to make sure that there are female narcissists that will take, 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 well, and we, then leave and go into another relationship. We were talking about like parents, right? My mother. Oh, right? God. You know what I'm saying? That's classic, right? She's she's a female. <laughs> well, I, you know, so. I just kind of want to make sure I said that on air because I get that a lot. Well, why isn't it like, where in any of my videos did I just say it was men? And a lot of people are like, I'm sorry. I always see a male as a narcissist. Like, no, no, females are, are you know, are narcissists too. But yeah, just objects. And I think, you know, your property. I, yeah. And when a narcissist, you're in a relationship like that, you're going to slowly start seeing that, especially if you're in, uh, you know, uh, the, a feminine role in, in a relationship with a narcissist who happens to be a male. They control the finances. They control if you have a vehicle. They can they, they control where you go, who you talk to, who you see. They eventually break you down because they want you all to themselves. So when it's time to leave, how do you leave when you've alienated everybody in your family, all of your friends, everybody thinks you're crazy, you've given up on them, you have this amazing person that you're with. Oh, what do you mean they keep you from us? That's not what they tell us, because that's what a narcissist does, okay? They flip the switch. They tell people outside of the home that she's just crazy, she wants nothing to do with you. I try to tell her to talk to you all the time, you know? And it's just this cycle. And by the time it's, it, you need to get out because you're so broken, you got no place to turn to. You know, it gets that bad before people wake up. Or they've woken up, but they've realized they've lost everything and they don't know how to get out. And so when you're in a relationship with a narcissist and you're in deep, you're in deep. But you got to be able to think two steps ahead and know that if you're just fuel, how do I stop giving them fuel so they'll go find it someplace else so that I can get out? That's really it. I mean, and that's what I've seen. I'm not saying it's the answer. If you're in a domestic violent relationship, take all safety you know, measures, contact local domestic violence agencies, do the best that you can. But if you can get out safely, think about how you can stop giving them their fuel. That is the only thing that I've seen that has worked for the people who've gotten out. Yeah, that's good advice. Definitely. And that, that kind of leads into, you know, like codependency. I know we've been talking about we have, yeah. that last couple of days about, you know, dealing with, with uh, codependence. So, and I think that that goes to your point, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, if you've been dealing with a narcissist, then, you know, it, it's easier that you think, do you think codependency is something that is innate or is that something that, that can, can be like taught, I guess? Okay. So the here's question. the thing. I think when we were all born, as as babies, there's a level of codependency on our parents, okay? Excuse me, in a healthy way, I mean, a healthy dependency. But I think what ends up happening is when they're in, and again, if you look at classic codependency, again, a lot of it stems in childhood. If there's some form of neglect in the home, there's emotional neglect, psychological neglect, you grow up feeling that your thoughts and feelings and, and, and who you are as a person is just not valid, okay? So you go on this pleasing journey. You'll do anything. You know, you're a server, you're a giver. You'll do anything to find value. That's, I can identify with a lot of this, okay? So then when you find yourself initially in a narcissistic relationship, and I do think codependency kind of can go hand in hand, you're constantly wanting to give, right? Perfect for a narcissist. This person's going to give me all the fuel I want, as much as I want, because this is what I can do. And you're constantly not going to get anything back because it's never good enough. But because you're codependent, because you base your self-value off of what you do for people, you're going to keep going and going and going and going. The narcissist is going to fuel and fuel. It's it's the perfect storm. So I do think that, yes, that's and, and a lot of people that reach out to me, I do see a lot of codependent tendencies in them. So so how do you get away from that? You know, how do you get away from being codependent? Because it, it's a good uh, subject to kind of get into. Yeah. And we're probably going to have to continue yeah, the conversation, absolutely. especially with codependency, because 
you know, you struggled with codependency. Oh my God, yeah. For me, I think it's been several years since I haven't been codependent. But at some point and at one point, it was pretty bad, I think. And I'm sorry because I didn't realize like what that took from you because it's a trauma bond. You know what I mean? We had a trauma bond and I was so codependent on you and you were also kind of codependent on me being codependent on you. It was weird how that all worked. Not codependent, but you were... You had to take, you put your personal journey on hold because you were constantly thinking I was going to come to you for something. You've said that to me before. Like, I can't work on myself because I'm having to help you out all the time. I said that, unfortunately. Um, Why are you saying unfortunately? Do you wish you didn't say that? No, yeah, well, (laughs) it kind of sounds bad when you hear it. It was really brutal when I heard it. I I will will attest to the fact that I felt like a piece of crap. No, yeah, well, and that wasn't my intent in any way. Like I said, we've been together for a long time. We've had a lot of struggles. We've had to grow a lot, you know? We've grown a lot, exactly, together. But it was, you know, like I said, I'm I'm much older than you, so, and not not that that matters, but... No, you have um, more life experience than I do. I can't say that I've been through the amount of traumatic experiences that you've been through. No. You know, I, I like again, I, I had my own trauma and I've worked through my own trauma. And that's kind of what I brought to the table. And I helped you come along, you know, and, and, and help you kind of, I don't want to say open your eyes, but but just grow. Well, it, it did. Yeah. It did. It's it's kind of like you were my podcast then in, a, in, in essence. You know what I mean? Like I had I didn't have a choice to turn you on and want to listen to you, but I had to listen to <laughs> I'm you. I'm sure you wanted to turn me off. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to um you know put you on mute, but that just wasn't an option. But in essence, like yeah, you kind of were like my little podcast that I had to listen to. So yeah, you had you had more experience than I had been through. It is what it is. But now being where I am now, I can say that I can only imagine how frustrating it was to feel like I need to really work on myself and I can't because I'm trying to help you and I love you and I want that, but I need you to let me work on myself too type thing. I can see that now. Yeah. Well, that's where it came from. I'm I'm glad that you were able to exactly take what I said. And even though it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't well yeah it was it wasn't the best way to 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 you know express it but you understand where i was coming and see you're not a narcissist because you just took responsibility for your own actions ding 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 narcissists don't do that narcissists could never look back in retrospect and say you know couldn't i I probably should have said it differently they were going to say well you deserved it i didn't mean it that way i didn't mean to hurt you but i guess if i did you deserved it. That was another one of my videos that went ding, 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 like viral because people were like, holy crap, I hear this all the time. So you were asking me, we were, we were kind of on this codependency thing and about how if you're codependent, is that some attributes? And I, I think, yes. But you had asked me another question and I don't think I answered it. And it was, how do you start working through that, I think? Yeah. How, how do you start? Well, I think we, we'll, we'll table that one. You think how do you, so? Yeah. Okay. How do we start working through like a codependency? You're right. I, I think that's- a- Because that's a whole other podcast. We kind of, we, we delve deep into narcissism. We've talked yeah. a lot about I don't think narcissism. we've delved deep. We, yeah, I we, think we've just hit the, the surface. Yeah, there's just so much, you know? It's there just, really is. But yeah. I think that that's what's so important is that- Because I really do want to get into like- growing up with a with a narcissist right yeah and because that's going to help me work out a lot of issues not that i didn't know all these issues to, to begin no, but with now but it's, there's it's, it's like interesting to put explanation yeah exactly it's, it's interesting to put it in perspective now and say oh man that that makes so much sense because it's like it's a lot of the stuff that i that i saw and dealt with mm-hmm. you know so and and, and you know again and to you know our what? listeners that's so weird your grandmother 
she had her favorites too. Like oh yeah, absolutely. So when you talk about narcissism it's being crazy developed because, in childhood, yeah, because there, there was look definitely at the history of it. There was definitely a pe- and I've said this to you numerous times, right? There was a there was a definitely pecking order for my grandmother in terms of her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, I was number two, <laughs> which was fine with me. But, but first the worst, second the best. <laughs> but yeah, but there was definitely like it was actually it was my brother was in was the first, mm-hmm. and and it's funny because as adults, well, you know when I talk to some of my cousins, my younger cousins, you know, they'll, they'll acknowledge that, 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 yeah, absolutely. That was, that was the case. That was the pecking order. It was always, my brother was number one. Mm-hmm. I was number two. And then the list kind of trailed off from there. Yeah. And it was, it was funny it's because it, crazy, was, it was, it was, and it was a blatant, blatant. It wasn't the subtle, like your grandma's favorite type thing. It was No, blatant, no, no. Like, it was, it was. You're, you're the, not eating today. What do you want? <laughs> exactly. You're the, he, yeah. you know, he's the, he's the favorite, you know, and yeah. then everyone kind of falls in line yeah. from there. Did so that there, feel bad though? Like, did that it, feel awkward when you're like young, you're growing up in a home and you're like, oh, I'm the favorite and you have like 12 other cousins that are like. You know, it's funny because it's like, you don't, as, as a child, you don't, cons- you don't, you don't really think about it that much, right? You're happy to be you know, one of the favorite kids because you're getting the preferential treatment. But as an adult, it really disgusts me. You know, to this day, it it, it bothers me, you know. Yeah, I can see that it bothers you. You know, it bothers me. And I've said this, like I said, I've said this to you before. Uh, I know that that was the fact, but you know it doesn't. It it doesn't make me feel good about it. You know, even if I was number one, it does. It well, would, I think I, as, not. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be. No, like, but again, I, it's, and I and I hearken that back to my own kids, right? Yeah. And, and you know, hopefully one day I'll I'll be a grandparent myself. Oh my god. And I would hate to. You know, it's one thing to kind of kid around and say, "Oh, you're you're my favorite." I I wouldn't even do that personally. No, because that I could wouldn't be taken do that wrong. exactly. I wouldn't do that, but. But, you know, I can understand someone saying, hey, you're my favorite. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know some grandparents like to go around and say, oh, you're my favorite. But then they do it to all of them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They'll do it to all of them. And that's fine. And just so listeners understand, I have four children. You know, we have I have two with Courtney and two from a prior relationship. And I love all my children equally. Now, do I, I have separate relationships with each of my children. Of course. And, you know, some of my children, un, unfor- unfortunately, unfortunately, some of my my children are closer to me than than others, but I love them all equally. You know, yeah, I would do absolutely. anything for them equally. And I think that's important to but know. But the relationships are different. You yeah. know, there's there's a this, there's a different level of closeness with some than there's with others, and that yeah. that you know, it's I think that's natural. There's nothing you can you know. There's, well, it's a different. It, they're different bonds. The love is all the same. You do everything for them the same it's just that you bond differently over certain things yeah exactly yeah. so you know there's interest in, yeah, interest in, in sports or interest in, in one thing over another so there's different relationships yeah. and that's fine but to have you know preferential treatment for one child over another that's blatant I think, yeah i think that's 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 something that that you know really just turns mm-hmm. my stomach and you know having a narcissistic parent and I, and a lot of people have reached out to me and said oh my god your videos I've been in counseling for like seven years and I didn't understand. And now I understand it. And it's not that I can forgive my parents and stuff like that. I now understand that it wasn't me, that I wasn't crazy, that they're just sick. Like there's nothing that, you know, I could do about it. But narcissistic parenting, you know, and one of the things that you got to notice is that it's not love. A lot of people stay in relationships because, oh, they're so good with the kids, though. But are they? But really? But are they? It's all just an act. It's all an act because if they loved their children, they wouldn't do the things that they did because they would understand that they are a mirror 
to how their children grow up and to how their children see themselves. But because they lack that amount of insight and empathy, children are objects to narcissists too. And they play them like chess. Yeah. And that's, you know, going back to the, the situation, my, my experience with my own mother, the, you, that was honestly, I'm like sitting here trying to think like, that's I, one who of the, the narcissist in my family? I yeah. keep thinking of your mom. <laughs> oh I know. Cause that's one of the things I, I would tell you uh, as well. I, I always felt like an object to her or not, not, in, I never felt like her son. I felt yeah. like an object because she, you know, like you said, she would gush over me mm-hmm. to her friends and, yeah. and to anyone. Oh, you know, he's, he's so smart. He does this. And then if you that. messed up. It but, would be an automatic that she was bad, so you get it. You got your whooping. Yeah. Well, you don't know, tarnish her appearance. Exactly. So, yeah, because she would never talk about like the bad things that I did. Oh, of course not. You know, or you know the the beatings that she gave me for w- doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't so much the physical abuse. You know, because I've told you this. You know, I, I don't. I I can't remember. I got a lot of beatings as a kid, mm-hmm. and I can't remember a one. You know, one of them. But I. I it, it's the emotional. So uh, things the things that she said. the things that she said that really kind of you know dug the knife into me as a as a as a small child, and we'll we'll get into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that you know just so we can. I mean, again, we've just touched narcissism, but narcissism is deep. And I know, and, so and I don't want to. I don't, yeah, don't want to take away from. Like, well, I don't want the listeners to think that we're just going to ram, ramble on about narcissism. You know, there's just a lot of different subjects that we want to touch upon, and we want to touch know? upon all of them and give them. You know, uh, and there's a lot of shared experiences. Yeah, and we want and it people, together. Yeah, and we want people to understand, you know, the things that we've gone through and how we've overcome them. That's the biggest thing because it's like yeah, everyone has give- trauma. But um, what's important is 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 how to get past it and how to get through it. And that's what we want to kind of touch on because this is really about self-improvement. Right. You know, and we want to kind of stay on that subject. You know, how do we improve ourselves? And by improving ourselves, we make everything around us better or we make this world better and that's what's important that's what we're here for and that's what we want to kind of talk about and and come across so that's yeah it's twofold it's you gotta address the trauma and you got to address the issues that happen so that you can make sense and then the second part is is well what can i do to get better you know what are the things that i can do to improve myself and i think that that's you know perfectly what we're trying to do with this podcast let's open our eyes and now once our eyes are open what can we do with it? Yeah, because we definitely don't want it to become like a bitch fest. And, and, no, <laughs> and, and I and, don't think we went there at all. No, I don't think so. But we, we can be perceived that way. And that's why I'm, I'm you know, bringing it up is we don't want to make, we want to make sure even with the narcissism, you know, the questions I was asking you in particular were I wanted to know if, you know, there is room for someone to recognize and improve themselves. I don't think we went there. You know, I don't, I don't think we know enough about narcissism or, or uh, a narcissist in particular. There's not enough studies out there yeah. where anybody has done that yet. But So what we want to do is is we want to educate people to make sure that, you know, if you're in a relationship that you're really established that that person is a narcissist, how do you work your way through that that landmine, I and, guess. And I want to say it's, it's not about changing the narcissist. It's not about how do I help my narcissistic partner. I get that question all the time. You need to disconnect from that. How do I help myself? Because when you change that's, that's and when you point, work on yeah. yourself, that's that's where it is at. Because I, I want to make that point. You cannot change the narcissist. You cannot help them. You cannot cure them. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this is about, right? It's about being the best version of yourself. And 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 how do how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And we're gonna really 
delve deep and talk about, you know, taking long, hard looks in the mirror and saying and, and seeing the things that we don't like about each other, uh, about ourselves and making, you know, the appropriate changes or, exactly. or how to make those appropriate changes mm-hmm. and how to start that process and start that that journey to self-improvement. Because I think that's, that's, what, that's what we want to key in on. And that's what we want to focus on. Absolutely. I think and, we, and we, and we want to know, too, and just kind of wrapping things up. And when I said that, you know, you can't change or, or help the narcissist, that applies to anything. That applies to the addict that you love. That applies to the family member that always has issues, to the friends. You cannot help anybody, regardless of what they're going through. You can only help yourself. And so I, I, I think moving forward, we're going to have yeah, some really great conversations about that self-empowerment and self-improvement and self-recognizing. Yeah, and the biggest thing is just knowing that the, the power is within you. Anyone can change. I truly believe that anyone can change. I've seen it within myself and I've seen it within you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I can- You got to want it though. Yeah, absolutely. You have to want it and you have to be able to, like I said, take a long, hard look in the mirror and see the nasty things about yourself that uh, that a lot of times you don't want to. You don't want to see those things about yourself. Because it's painful, but you got to go through the process. So. Exactly. But I, I, have to, I have to believe that even a narcissist can has the capacity to be able to do that, to look himself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm a disgusting person and I want to change. I really believe, I have to believe that. You know, I have to have faith that every person, and maybe I'm delusional in my mindset mm-hmm. and i and i get that from you i think that that's something i've learned from i'm sorry you. what delusion delusion like, yeah no seeing rainbow when there's a pile of crap well you know <laughs> optimism yeah. you've given me a lot of optimism it's the only know. thing that got me through the tougher points in my life was this you know my that's, my that's sheer I, optimism that's what I've you know taken what i would love and and this ha- had happened to me if i'd love if someone was triggered by this and they're potentially a narcissist to call in i'd love to talk to someone who was Really, I would love to be able to pick someone's brain. And I think they know who they are. So it would be really interesting or, you know. But see, that's the thing. It's like at that point, though, you know, from this, our conversation, right? At that point, are they a narcissist anymore? Once they recognize that they're a narcissist, aren't they already on the path of getting away from that? No, because I believe that I don't believe that narcissists lack self-awareness of what they're doing. They would have to, first of all, believe that narcissists exist. Because what they do is they transfer it on to their victims. I'm not the narcissist. You are. You're the one that's crazy. You're the one that's making this up in their head. And, you know, they go on and on and on and on. Well, what I'm saying is once you, once you. I think if someone was to call up and say, I'm a freaking narcissist. I do all that crap. And, but they're still maybe cocky about it. I I, I would honestly, I, I got to talk to them. I got to talk to them. But you know what? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they could. Yeah. Cause I, I, I want to believe that someone can you know, be able to look themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm a narcissist. I'm, if I'm narcissism, a horrible person. If narcissism then, was cultivated in childhood due to abuse and neglect and someone potentially was willing to go through a whole trauma narrative, right? And do some th- ther- therapy around that. Mm, who knows? Maybe because were you born a narcissist or were you cultivated into becoming a narcissist? Learned behavior, unlearned behavior. Yeah, that's a great question. Big discussion. Right? Na- nature Maybe we should leave nurture, it later. Right? Yeah. yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there. We'll, we'll leave pro- it there, and we'll 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 do some more digging. Yeah, we'll definitely do some more digging into narcissism for later episodes. Yeah, but, but the I, next one. We'll, well, I wanted to kind of you know go into a little bit more about codependency and I think, boundaries. I think that's important. Yeah, bound, okay. you know, healthy boundaries, non-healthy boundaries, and building walls. That kind. How of How to stuff. identify it in yourself and what steps you can take? Because I think. Yeah. 
the people that I've spoken to says we've I- devoted a lot of this podcast to narcissism. Yeah. And not that that's a that, not that that's a bad subject. It's a huge subject. Yes. But because neither of us is our actual narcissist, mm-hmm. that we can talk from that first from that we can only talk per, from first perspective, professional or having lived with one. Exactly. What I want to do is the next podcast that we do. I want to delve into you know our own struggles and the things that we are. You know, I can deal with my anger issues, right? I'll talk a little bit about that, dealing with that, and you can talk a little bit about codependency mm-hmm. issues that you have. I'm still dealing with anger <laughs> issues. <laughs> uh, I think you've over come you've come a long I way can with, talk with, about uh, with codependency working on self-esteem and and but beyond all that you know defensive defensiveness you know is my biggest thing right now my biggest culprit right now is defensiveness so yeah let's dedicate the next episode to just talking about the things within us that we're struggling with and and you know talk about some codependency and talk about some healthy boundaries and, yeah, and, and how, management yeah. how do you get better you know how do you how do you find how do you start that journey of you know, self-awareness and self-improvement. And I think that's awesome. That's what we want to. All right. Well, do you still regret being roped into this or how is it after this first podcast here? Are you happy you're here? (laughs) I am. I am. You know, you know, I love talking to you. Even, even when I say I, I, I don't want to talk. It's yeah. good. It's good to hash out things. And that's why I it's important. that's why we're here and I want people to call in and talk with because us. Because you you find out things, you know? It's like you open yourself up. You're like I you, so you learn things, right? You, yeah. You, there's there's things that you bring to the table and then there's observations that I make that I bring to the table and then we have a healthy discussion and that's what this, this is, is about. This is what social media prevents, okay? Before the advent of social media and AIM, you know, and all these fun oh, things is that. Don't get me started with social media. No, but you know, uh, this isn't a conversation that. of whether it's 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 good or bad. This is simply a conversation of it removes communication verbally, which is helps you process making eye contact and showing respect for another person. Although sometimes texting can help and things like that. But I think good, healthy conversation is so needed. And and I'm honestly, I'm so excited for this journey. And as much as you say you didn't want to be here, I I loved having you by my side tonight and talking about these things. And I'm sure the listeners, it's it it it's going to help so much more people because yeah, they know Ask Courtney on TikTok. You know, they can come talk to me all the time. But it's really great to have another perspective. And so you're contributing to something amazing. So I'm glad you're here. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. You're I'm welcome. So here. we're going to start wrapping things up and till our next podcast. So if you want, remember, come and look for me. If you don't hear us on the podcast, which we'll be releasing soon, you can find me on ask.courtney on TikTok, Courtney underscore on Instagram, or it takes the village on Facebook. Look for the little house. It's a little house uh, design that was made and come hang out with some really healthy, happy people. Till next time, guys, stay safe, stay healthy. And don't forget, we're all in this together. And it's okay to ask for help.